Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team. After giving some hard work to Amy last week, putting her on the spot by actually chatting together for a solo episode, which I want to know what you thought of. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Would you like to hear more of these? I can always rope her into doing another one. She actually loves it. I'm joking. So we're not going to force her to do anything. So let us know, actually, if you would like to hear more episodes where we talk a bit about the behind the scenes, our process and the works that we do when it comes to understanding how to develop as a business. In the meantime, though, I shall introduce this episode myself. My name is Fab. Once again, just in case I was good to remind you, founder of Creative Impact. And today we're going to talk about how to beat stress, which I think a lot of us can relate to, and increase your confidence with the gorgeous Chloe Brotheridge. I personally love Chloe. She's an incredible human and it's always a pleasure to talk to her. And we actually have a bit of a crack because I obviously start asking her questions about jujitsu of all things. So I really hope you're going to enjoy that. And there is also a bit of a mention of one of my new favorite things to do, which if you listen, you probably have a little of a laugh. So I hope you enjoy that as well. We're going to talk about stress because we are all incredibly stressed. And I'm going to put my hand up and say, I am the first one to feel that. And uh, whenever we talk to the members of the collective, we hear a lot about the stresses they're going through and the fact that obviously having cheerleaders helps because they feel very overwhelmed and we all feel like we need a bit of confidence also to set our own boundaries. And that is key and this is why I wanted to bring Chloe on the show. If you don't know Chloe, she's a hypnotherapist, a coach and a mentor who's passionate to talk about how to spend less time worrying and people-pleasing. And I know a lot of people and listeners like yourself will relate to that. So from stress, all the way to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, and as I mentioned, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu will explore how to build your confidence by tapping into your full potential. I really hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Go and check out Chloe and her books afterwards as well. I'm sure they will give you a wealth of confidence and also of new techniques and things you can do to really find and tap into that strength that you're looking for. 
Once again, always lovely to have you. Enjoy the show. Let us know what you think and maybe even tag us at Creative Impact Co and let us know your biggest takeaways. We'll see you again next week. But until then, on with the show. Good morning and afternoon at the same time, Chloe. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you. Good morning to you. It's a great start to put. We've got two separate sides of the world. It's a very good way to start as well. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. I'm, um, yeah, I thought I was coming back to England next month. And two days ago, that all changed. And it looks like I'm staying here in Indonesia for the next little while. So, yeah, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but it's not, a, not the worst place to be stranded. That is very true, actually, thinking about that. Um, if anything, I know you were just saying before we went on air, you had to put your aircon off and it kind of made me cry a little inside. I was like, oh, she needs the aircon. Oh, my God. Like we're going from light jackets to warmer jackets. And, and it's like, oh, um, but yeah, I'm so happy to have you. And thank you so much for taking the time as well. I'm really, really excited to chat today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Obviously, I do know you. So obviously, we go way back. And it's one of those things where you think, when is the first time that we met? And I don't know if you have it as well. Sometimes I'm like, was it that event? Or was it that thing? Um, but if people, people yeah. that don't know you, I thought it would be fun to do a couple of quick icebreaker questions just to settle the mood if you are game to play. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to have three questions. So again, let's put our fake game quiz show like earphones in. Um, my first one is, Chloe, what is the first job that you had and what did you learn from it? So I was actually thinking about this the other day. The first job I had was a cleaner. I was a cleaner for the sports centre across the road when I was 13. And I think it's just quite a humbling thing to do to <laughs> to clean I think it's quite good for us if we yeah it brings us back down to earth it teaches us a lot I think about um yeah how to stay humble and grounded and I think a lot of people now are talking about cleaning in terms of practicing mindfulness there's lots of books out about how cleaning can help you with your anxiety because it helps you be more present so maybe it maybe it helped me to stay grounded who knows I love that and you know what is, um, I was actually having a conversation the other day and we used that an analogy of when you're washing the dishes, wash the dishes, which is exactly what you mentioned there with mindfulness. So I, I do appreciate that. I think because these can be tasks that we do, you know, every day, most of us, it's kind of nice to be able to kind of bring them back and be actually, what if I focused on cleaning the dishes right now and what if I focus on how I feel? So I love that. Um, probably would be different if you're cleaning a whole sports center because I can imagine that could be definitely a different experience <laughs> being mindful about what you see in that, but we're not going to get down <laughs> what actually you can see in a sports center. But I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Now, the second question is a bit less. We're going to not go as much into memory lane. I'm going to ask you for the last six months okay so what would be the best investment you can think about something if you're thinking about a physical thing a hundred pounds or less but if not anything that you made in the last six months what would be the best investment so I have been learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu and having lessons on that and that's been amazing for me I'm somebody that's quite I'm not, I'm not 
very physically confident in terms of I hold myself back in terms of dangerous sports or I'm quite safety conscious and doing something that's so physical it's basically like wrestling and choking people and putting them in like arm locks and it's been really good for me to, to gain more physical confidence to be be more in my body and yeah it's been a very interesting journey. Can I ask you how is it different from normal jiu-jitsu? I I'm not entirely sure I've never done normal jiu-jitsu I know that it's jiu-jitsu but a guy in Brazil kind of slightly slightly changed it and now it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu but it's basically wrestling it's basically wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a more refined way to go for like resting MMA I love that but that's yeah. great though and I love the idea that yeah, again it maybe went a bit further away from what would be your normal way to move as I said like physically confidence which I think is is a thing that you know like being confident in our body in some ways uh, you know some people don't like dancing and I appreciate that especially like more violent sports or a bit more like hands-on I love boxing for example and um, you know you have to have a different level of confidence I guess when it comes to that or also focus there has to come from the fact that you need to feel like you're in that moment so um again I've always loved that though for example so for me these type of sports has always been something that I will go for and then I always joke that one of the things that I don't know what to do about and so please never invite me to any of them is a volleyball game I am absolutely terrible at volleyball and it's weird it's like coordination is not a problem for me when there's a ball up in the air and I need to catch it or just throw it terrible so you know it's kind of interesting to see like and then I challenge myself sometimes to try these things that I'm not comfortable with to see what happens so I really love that you mentioned that as well is there something maybe that again going back to the confidence that you learned about yourself or maybe something that shifted the more you actually practiced it as well I think it's it's been really interesting I'm a recovering people pleaser and a lot of people that I help and work with are people pleasers and when we're people pleasers, we're, we're more likely to apologize for things. We find it hard to set boundaries and doing something really physical that in, involves you having to tune into your strength, having to tune into more of an aggressive side or more of a masculine side, perhaps, I think can be very interesting for those of us that are people pleasers because we're we're just stepping into a different energy that is almost, yeah, it's very different from that of being a people pleaser. We're not apologizing. When you're wrestling someone and choking them or squeezing them between your thighs, you know, it's not, <laughs> we're not apologizing in that moment. So I think for me, for that aspect of it, it's been, it's been really powerful. I love that. And also I would love to see that happen. Somebody just like choking you and be like, I'm so sorry, I'm doing this to you. Okay. That was already a great image. So thank you for that as well. Last but not least, yes, we're almost done. I want to ask you, what would be the trivia category that you will be really good at and why? So trivia category. I'm really good. My, my special talent in life is being able to recognize faces. I've got, I think I'm called a super recognizer. It's the name for this. So if I see someone, an actor in a film that has been in another film that I've seen, I'll always be able to list what other films they've been in. So it's a stupid skill to have. It's pretty useless. But if there was a trivia in knowing what actors are in different films based on their faces, that's, that would be my like special trivia skill, I think. 
I'm loving this. This could be like a quiz in itself. You might be inventing a whole new reality show. They're just going to call you to present it. God knows. Now that you put it out into the world, like nobody knows what's going to happen next. Exactly. I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much for playing. Now, actually, I want to go back to talking about people pleasing. And I love what we were mentioning, especially about our little jujitsu kind of breakthroughs. And I wanted to ask you, obviously, that is one element and one area that you talk a lot about in the confidence solution. Obviously, people pleasing, it can be one element, boundaries can be another in the book as well. And I wanted to ask you, going a bit meta, so the book came out obviously in 2021. And I also feel like, in a way, it's definitely a book that could have helped a lot of people in 2020. So what I mean is, in this past year, I think boundaries, also understanding how we interact with others and how we protect our energies. I feel that collectively we'll be more aware than ever about it and probably also be wanting to be more conscious about making a difference. So again, great time, a great place. But I was wondering, how would you say then then the book and some of the ideas around the book can really apply for what has happened in the past year with the pandemic? What are some of your thoughts? And maybe also what have you learned by having the book out at this time? Yeah, good question. So I think lots of people will agree that their confidence has taken a hit in the last year. So many things might have happened. Maybe you got made redundant. Maybe you had a breakup, lost out financially gone through a lot of changes maybe you're just not being in social situations I think social confidence is one of those things where we've got to use it or we can lose it so I'm hearing from so many people that they're not seeing people obviously in person and they're actually worried and nervous to go back out into the world and be in social situations again so a lot of what I talk about in the book is about knowing that confidence is something that can be built it's not a fixed thing that we either have or we don't have and it can deplete in certain times in our lives but we can also build it up again so it's a bit like exercising a muscle we have to put ourselves in situations and teach ourselves that we can survive and we can cope with challenging situations whether that's a social situation whether that's a meeting on zoom whether that is applying for another job whether that's setting boundaries I think you know there is a part of it that involves us challenging ourselves and yeah putting ourselves out there and adopting the attitude of being very kind to ourselves in the process but also knowing that a bit of fear a bit of a racing heart is okay we can handle that and it's not gonna it's not a sign that we should run away it's actually a sign that something is important to us so we should listen to that and and instead of running away we can move towards whatever it is that we're challenged by. I love that. And I actually tell you a very, very unsexy analogy that I use a lot when I'm talking to clients or collective members and bringing in some of their fears or like, should I do this? Should I not? And I always like to say, and obviously you tell me whether you you agree with it or maybe, but I always say, be mindful of what kind of uncomfortableness comes up. If it's the confidence of, I really want to physically puke right now and just crawl in a corner maybe it means it's a bit too much. So I think it's really understanding that fine line. I know it's a very graphic image. I do apologize, but it's the true, the puke emoji is what I come up in my head when I think there is an element of pushing out of yourself of your comfort zone, which I believe is still not healthy because it goes against 
where we can be at and what we can stretch ourselves to. But also, as you said, that little fear, that little, you know, hesitation that actually can be good for you because it shows that you are stretching yourself just enough to go out of your comfort zone. The reason why I'm saying this is because I personally, as you said, is a muscle. So I have learned it by just doing, doing, doing and figuring out where, where is my limit and how to stretch it. But I think for some people, it can still be really hard. So aside from external support or validation or guidance, you know, to get people really to understand how they're stretching themselves when it comes to trying something new, what would you say are some of the things or maybe one thing that maybe even you mentioned in the book that can be helpful when you're trying to make the decision of, am I pushing myself out of my comfort zone? Or am I forcing myself to do something that maybe I shouldn't try now? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's really important. And yeah, I actually use, there's a diagram in coaching. I can't remember who made it, but it's in the Confidence Solution book. And it is three circles inside of each other. The inner circle is your comfort zone, then it's the stretch zone, and then it's the panic zone. So when we're challenging ourselves, we don't want to be going into the panic zone where we are literally going to have a panic attack or start crying or be sick. We want to just be going into the stretch zone. So I think it's it's finding a step-by-step approach. What is one small step you can take that's out of your comfort zone into the stretch zone, but not so much that you're going to traumatize yourself and never want to do it again. And for some people that might be just visualizing the thing. So it might be visualizing giving that presentation or introducing yourself to a stranger or whatever it is, you know, going near a spider, whatever it is that is challenging you might just be visualizing that and that might be enough that might be the first step to help you to start to become more comfortable because when we're visualizing we can be focusing on breathing and relaxing and training our nervous system to get used to that situation so that could be the first step that someone could take but it's going to be different for everyone and I think we shouldn't compare ourselves with other people for some people a challenge is something quite small for other people it's going to be bigger we're all at our own level with it and I love that and I think again as you said it's, it's very important to understand it for yourself and you talk um, also there's an element of self-belief and obviously something that you've talked throughout what you do and also the books and and I believe the self-awareness again is yet another muscle um what do I call I should remember what I call it I say is the blessing and the curse of self-awareness because it's a blessing but also it also means that for a lot of things that maybe sometimes you would you know not take responsibility or ownership of you actually realize that you have a bit more control than what you think you do and it makes it helps you making more sensible choices but it also puts you in a position where you're like I can't say oh the world is against me or everybody hates me you know you actually like you have to ask yourself actually what am I doing to help myself in this situation and The reason why I'm mentioning this is because I want to go through one of my favorite tools and one of your favorite tools to actually set boundaries, because I think boundaries are so important. And I know that is a big thing when it comes to also, you know, protecting yourself, but also in different ways. Right. So obviously I'm thinking about my book, which I'm going to say. Chloe also has a little part in it. So reclaim your time off. So thank you, Chloe, again, once more for being in it. But I also know that you talk about it in your book. And so I'm thinking when it comes to boundaries in a more generic element, what do you think is one of the main reasons why people struggle to set boundaries still to these days? Yeah, it's it's one of those things I found. Boundaries is a topic that people really, really struggle with. And we're, we're talking about it more, but 
it's one thing to talk about it and to be aware of it and it's one thing to actually be able to change it and do it because it is uncomfortable and it might be that people that struggle with boundaries may have been raised to put other people first they may have been raised in a way that made them believe that you know it's dangerous to upset other people you know perhaps having parents that taught them that in some way or another being very sensitive to other people's needs and not wanting to upset people could be one reason but I think as well we're not very good at tuning into ourselves and how we feel about things quite often I think I hear from people a lot saying it's only afterwards that they realize a boundary has been overstepped we don't necessarily recognize it in the moment and so I'm often encouraging people to to tune in and, and really pay attention to how you feel whether something is a yes or a no for you and I know that for me when something's a no I get this internal feeling of pulling away and and resistance and kind of wanting to yeah wanting to kind of move away and I've become better over the years of listening to that and paying attention to that when I when I feel that and getting used to what's a yes as well you know even something is a bit if something is a bit scary to say yes to noticing and tuning into whether that's something that's exciting as well as scary so I encourage people to pay pay attention to what is a yes and a no in their bodies and be guided by that and to trust that but it is a process, I think, of getting getting used to tuning into that. And I think that's the first step. And I, I love that you mentioned that because it really goes back to us and getting comfortable also with setting boundaries. Because I believe that a lot of the time we are the first people that actually struggle to set the boundaries and we project on others that they won't be comfortable with them because we're afraid to do that first step of ourselves. I don't know if you ever had it, but sometimes actually correcting myself most times when I set a boundary and I let other people know it was so much easier to let them know and allow them to adapt to the boundary than for myself in the first place to actually get the courage or the confidence she's nodding uh, to actually do it and I was like oh wait a second I am I guess my first enemy but not in that way I am the first person that I really need to you know pluck up the courage to talk to and be fab you can set this boundary it's going to be okay so on that note, I wanted to ask you, what do you think are some of the best ways to communicate boundaries to other people? Obviously, we got the first step, we found the courage, we, is a yes or a no? But if we have to communicate with other people, what have you found are some of, of some good ways to actually do that for ourselves? I think it was someone like, I don't know if it was Kate Moss who was once quoted, it may not be Kate Moss, maybe someone else, Winston Churchill or something, I don't know, but there's a saying never explain, never complain, or something like that. And I think sometimes when we're setting a boundary, especially if we're a people pleaser, the temptation is to go into a story about why we can't help out with that thing, because my friend is sick and I need to do this, I need to do that. And we go into over explaining things and actually just saying no and not needing to offer an explanation is a lot simpler, it's a lot easier. And sometimes actually, if we offer too much of an explanation, that opens it up to negotiation from the other person. And they may say, well, how about if we do this? Would that make it easier for you? Whereas if you just say, no, sorry, I can't help with that, for example, then it is a lot cleaner. And yeah, we can stay in our power a little bit more rather than thinking that we need to kind of over-explain things. I also suggest to people who find it difficult to say no on the spot or set, or set a boundary on the spot to say let me get back to you on that. Let me check my diary. Let me check with this person and then I'll get back to you. And that can just buy us a bit more time 
to formulate our response, to reflect and tune into ourselves about what, what we really want and need. If we're somebody that just agrees to stuff on the spot, maybe just, yeah, saying, can I get back to you on that? It can be quite a good way just to buy yourself to more time. I love that. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, I think sometimes we feel, as you say, it's just that pressure that we put on ourselves. Like when we realize that once again, if we need that time, we can actually ask for it. And again, as long as I think we're clear about the boundaries that we want to set, it's good because it really allows us to ask ourselves, is this a type of boundary that I want to set? How do I want to set it? Because I agree, sometimes on the spot, you might not really be sure about whether it's a yes or a no, or how to say no, or how to actually open up other opportunities. So I really love that because I think it's key. I wanted to ask you actually, on a personal note for yourself, can you think of one of the boundaries that you set that was the most important or that really made a big change or that really supported you? Obviously, you can say at any time, but maybe like in the last year or so, was there a type of boundary or something that you set for yourself that you really so helped you and supported you when it comes to different things in your life? So I remember reading something, I think it was Tim Ferriss who talked about this. He said, it can be quite good just to have a policy of saying no to everything that comes in. And I realized I had to do that when I'm writing a book, for example. I can't be saying yes to doing talks or workshops or podcast interviews because the amount of time that it takes is just, it just takes over your life, as you probably know. So I, I adopted this policy of saying no to everything. And there's something about saying, I've got a policy of saying no that lets the other person know that it's not personal about them. You're not saying no because it's them. You've just got this policy of saying no. And it somehow made it easier for me to stick to. So yeah, when I'm writing a book, I'm going to be writing another book soon. I'm going to have that policy again of just saying no to, to anything that comes in that's not the most important things that I need to be doing at that time. Oh, I love that. Well, um, any sneak peek of what the topic of the book might be like? Is there something we can talk about? Or is it still like there's the idea in gestation right now? Yeah, it's it's in gestation, as you say, yes. I can't, yeah, I can't uh, say for now, but hopefully soon I'll... I'll have clarity on what that is. That's amazing. That, that's awesome. Again, I think you're in a very good physical place, anything, if any way, to actually give you that clarity. So well done. Really, really exciting again. One of the things I like to ask for to fellow authors is when it comes to our books, I think they can teach us a lot, not just about the topics that we're writing about, but also about ourselves. Now you've written three. So obviously there will be different lessons along the way. But I'm going to ask you, out of these three books, can you think about one of the biggest lessons that you learned about any of them? It can be obviously a confidence solution, but it could be break girl. It can be the anxiety solution. What do you think is one of the biggest lessons that you learned yourself uh, from any of your books? Interesting question. I would say that, well, probably the saying no thing is a, a big lesson that I learned having to do that. I also learned a lot about when I am most productive. I wrote the books early in the morning. I get, get up early when I'm writing, meditate at 6 a.m. and then write. I'm not very good at working after like 5 p.m. My brain is just not that way inclined. So I was learning a lot about my energy, how to manage my energy, getting things done first thing in the morning, because like a lot of people, I'm prone to procrastinating and if I put something off all day I'll just never get done so I just try and do it first thing in the morning and 
yeah, I learned a lot about taking breaks and how important <laughs> deadlines are for me, for example. So I always try and make sure I have a deadline. But yeah, I mean, there's so many lessons that come from writing books. But yeah, those are a few. Love those. I, I like to ask this question because I think we don't realize actually how much they teach us about ourselves because they're different projects from a lot of the ones that maybe, again, we experience or things that we launch or things that we create. You know, a book is, that's why I call them baby books for myself, because I really find they are a bit of a, again, that's why I use gestation, I guess, beforehand. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Now, I want to just really quickly touch on one more thing, just because the time of this um, podcast coming out is going to be Stress Awareness Month. So I think there's an element of obviously stress and going back to some of your other work, which is also related to anxiety, obviously, just with the podcast and the book. So I think there is an element of getting clarity, especially right now, because I think a lot of us are more stressed than ever, or they have a lot of pressure on ourselves. But what are your thoughts on going back one step and understanding the different types of stresses? This almost goes back to get on comfort zone, right? Sometimes when you get out of your comfort zone, you get some positive stresses or stressors. So when thinking about stress, I think we always have a negative connotation. So again, going back to what we talked about before, how do you think we can recognize for ourselves good stress and bad stress? And how can we navigate that, especially when it comes to our day-to-day life? Yeah, I mean, stress can be good, can't it, in the short term? It can help to motivate us and power us through something. But if it's chronic, if it's prolonged, that's when it's a problem, when it's manifesting in our bodies. You know, I often think that you know, someone is experiencing IBS or backache or they're not sleeping well or they're really irritable or, you know, they're getting lots of coughs and colds. That's a really good sign that stress is got to the point where it's impacting you physically. So I think, I think we need as a culture to get better at recognizing those early warning signs that stress has been going on so long that it's actually affecting us physically. So yeah, I think we should we we can pay attention to to that aspect of it. What would be one thing, uh, or you know, one practice or one exercise or anything that you would maybe suggest people try when they are feeling, you know, that the little burst of stress when they feel, as you say, like they are kind of stretching themselves too much and they need a reset. Obviously, longer term is not necessarily the solution, but I'm thinking about those little resets that we can potentially incorporate when we are needing to almost adjust and level ourselves up in order to understand what to do next or maybe how to make some changes. Yeah. So I like to think about the stress bucket. So we can either you know, imagine, you know, your stress is a bucket of water, we can either remove some of the stress from the bucket. So we're changing things in our lives that are adding to that stress, or we can make our bucket bigger. So we can make our bucket bigger by increasing our resilience, increasing our capacity to be able to hold more. And that's often to do with self care or meditation or doing different practices that help us. So if it's not possible to make changes in your life to reduce the stress, we the only thing we can do is to increase the, the bucket. So doing things that, like meditation or exercise or having therapy. I'm a big fan of shaking. I have really gotten into this. <laughs> so shaking, whether it's just dancing to music and shaking your body. I sometimes shake as I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. I just like shake my body <laughs> uh, while I'm brushing my teeth. 
but it's something that animals do in the wild to discharge stress. If you've ever seen an animal hear a loud noise or escape from a predator and they've had a stressful experience, they shake their bodies for a few seconds and it's nature's way of releasing stress. So I'm a big fan of shaking. I try and incorporate that into my day when the adrenaline is building, when I'm feeling a tension in my body, doing a bit of a shake is something that I, I love to do. Oh my God, I love that. I'll tell you one little thing. What have we started doing this week? So week of recording, so it's not been a long time, but we started doing little dance workouts at the end of the day. So I love dancing. It's my, shake it off is literally my way, of, my main way of shaking off stress or just resetting. But we started doing these little dance workouts. Now, part of it is the fun of looking at the fiance trying to do the dance because he's, he's hilarious. So that's cute. So in itself, that's a great experience. <laughs> Bless him. But also for myself, I found that it is a great way for me to end the day. I was trying to figure out a new end of day ritual, almost a way to really unplug and switch off going instead of going from, for example, again, desk to couch, which is about a five step as well. So even worse. But I wanted to do something just to release anything, because as you say, sometimes we all stuff and we don't realize. And oh, my God. I mean, I am no dancing with the stars sort of vibe. Definitely. You can see that. But it is so much fun. And because actually I can follow the things, you know, it kind of gives me a bit of purpose as well. And it makes it a bit of a challenge, which is fun. So I love that you mentioned that because I started to introduce it this week and like three out of three days, even he wants to do it, which I wasn't thinking was possible. So it is really interesting how, as you say, like it just turns us back into our body. And I think it almost, as you say, literally physically shakes off some of the little gunk that we got from the day, I guess, as well. I love it. What what dance workout are you doing? OMG, they're actually live for an app. So, but I would say we've got Latin grooves that are very fun because it got that kind of little like swooning. But then I tried hip hop yesterday and I was so cool because I'm a child of the 90s. So being able to pretend to be like, you know, Biggie or Dr. Dre's backup girl is really cool. It really does depend. <laughs> I literally go with whatever comes up and we try a new one every time. But I think there's something to be said, like, I love working out and I, I love to do as a functional thing to help me improve or to help me reach a goal. But these are just things that I do just for a bit of fun. And I think being able to move for fun is something that really has helped me in the last six months where everything that I've, I don't know if you had that as well, actually, but a lot of what I've been doing had a purpose and it's great, but it's nice sometimes to just, just something for the hell of it. And I think we, we need to go back in touch with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to, look up some dance workouts I might do one now after this call <laughs> yes girl I finished the day like that and just say fab, fab made me do it you can just say that and I'll, I'll take <laughs> I take all the blame that's totally fine so first of all I want to say thank you so so much for taking the time today it was an absolute pleasure I'm sure people learned a lot they can actually implement for themselves now before I let you tell us where can people find out more about you and how they can get a bit more confidence in their lives I have one more question to ask the last question so if you were to have brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would that person be? I would say Thich Nhat Hanh, I think the Buddhist dude, the Buddhist teacher. I would just want to speak to him and just download some of his calm, calm vibes. I hope I've said his name right. That's amazing. <laughs> That's perfect. I love this. That's perfect. Thank you so, so much. Now, if people want to find out more about you, as I said, not to get a bit more confidence in their lives, where should they go? Yeah, so I've got a podcast called the Karma You Podcast, where I interview different people about calm and confidence. 
And I've got a freebie on my website. It's a confidence affirmations recording. And my website is karma-u.com forward slash confidence to get that free download. Thank you so, so much again. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and a great dance. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.